right, folks, welcome back to another episode of hopefully your most favorite paranormal podcast on the planet Earth and in all the galaxies, all the moons and stars and all the different places people could wander in their physical and their mental. You know, we hope to be up at least in the top three in those places, all those places. Ray Bootman, how you doing over there? Pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. You know what I mean? Doing pretty good. It's been starting to get a little busy, but, uh, you know, other than that, everything's been pretty good. Um, you know, if, you know, if anybody doesn't kind of follow what's going on, uh, there's another film project in the works over at the Boombastic World. Um, I think one I think you guys will all like out there. It's uh, got paranormal elements to it and, uh, based on local folklore. You know what I mean? Some of those Massachusetts haunts. Um, now, with that being said, uh, we're going to go join uh, the Cousin Haunt over in New Jersey. You know what I mean? The New Jersey uh, has their own little version of the Bermuda Triangle, the same way, you know, Massachusetts has its Bridgewater Triangle type deal. It's uh, There's a lot of triangles going on, you know. It's all that intersecting, like, you know, we did that episode, I think it was last season, Talking about them and the, the the ley lines and the intersections and when they, they they cross over each other and they create shapes, that's when you really kind of stumble into an issue. Um, and the triangle is one of those shapes. You know what I mean? Now, New Jersey, not just being the home of the Toxic Avenger, also being home to New Jersey's very own Bermuda Triangle, the Round Valley Reservoir. Now, again, you know. It's water. We've talked many times on the show about how much water is a conductor. Right, Raymond? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, rivers, lakes. They conduct uh, energy, and the spirits use that. Now, it's where, And this one's all laid out. It's got, you know, it looks like long trails. It's like a big, it's almost like, um, you know, when you'd see when there was an island set off in the distance, and uh, there's water separating it, and there's, like, man-made little bridges where they bring in the dirt and the rocks, and uh, they kind of pave away. I know that our, we got a, I think, duck, no, not, I think Plymouth Beach uh, local dust has, like, a lot of the, you can walk out on those things. But they, this isn't a beach, it's, it's, it's a reservoir, you know what I mean? Which a reservoir is man-made, right? That's the deal? Uh, some natural, but a lot of them man-made, yeah. Yeah. So right there, you know, you have the, the you have the uh the possibility you the, the you know, I think I I happen to feel a lot of the you know, when organized crime was going pretty heavily back in the day and probably had their hand heavily in the old uh, construction business and stuff like that, which, you know, who's to say if they still do? We'll say they don't because we don't want trouble. Um but you know, I always kind of think whenever these these big things, you know, big big whenever big holes are being dug, you know what I mean? Um, you know, you need you need stuff to fill it up, I guess. You know what I mean? So you, you you go around, you find things to fill up the hole. Sometimes it's dirt, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's rocks, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's you know leaves and and dead branches and brush and all that things. But you know. Soprano land of New Jersey, sometimes it might be, uh, you know, maybe uh, some of that human filler, you know what I mean? You've heard about that human filler, right? Oh, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I know that 
Oh, several. I think there's one in Massachusetts. I can't remember the states, but I know there's one in Mass. And uh, there are reservoirs where they, the towns or the state decided they needed one. And they kicked everybody, like, out of a town. Oh. And then they flooded the area. Also, there's, it's notorious. I saw a show recently. Can't remember where it was. Recently, where there was a haunted reservoir, and some divers went in there. And it was an area that was flooded. But when they went in, they found out that they did not remove all the graves. The gravestones were still there, and the dirt was on. So they basically flooded this small valley and left the cemetery and the bodies in there. Yeah. So that sort of thing goes on. I'm wondering if uh, that sort of thing happened in New Jersey. It's very possible. You know what I mean? Uh, it was while you were saying that something came to me, <clears throat> and then of course it escaped, like it likes to do sometimes. Um, but with the, you know, the the yeah, the you know, big mob area. I don't know if they, they might be one of those don't shit where you eat where you uh, eat type things. Because I know that they it was nice to live there. Maybe they did all that dirt work in uh, the NYC and such. Um, but you know, we know Jersey to be a little. You know, uh, Jersey's a very fun state. You know what I mean? Hey, you t- you take this uh, deep water reservoir. Yeah. A rowboat and some cement boots. You can stop getting rid of bodies. No one will ever find them. That's what I mean. They'll be putting you in there. Um, that's what I was going to say. You know, when they came into those towns and they said, hey, you can't be in this town anymore. We need to turn this into a reservoir. My guess is they probably didn't go, uh, this is going to be your new house. They probably just said, a state of emergency. You got to leave. You can't be here. Sorry. Take what you can carry. That's it type deal. You know what I mean? That's what I vibe it to be like. And if that's the case, unfortunately, I'm sure there's people that couldn't afford to leave uh, and didn't leave. Just like there's people that are probably like, I'm not leaving. And those people, well, I, think, I don't, you know, I think they kind of went down with the ship, if you know what I mean. Went down if, you're, house. if you're going into a historic area, and yeah. let's say that part of Jersey, which it would make sense on the East Coast, probably had settlements going back to the 1700s or even before. People used to have your, used to have your private cemetery in your backyard. Yeah. So who, know, who knows what's either legally or illegally buried underneath that, cemetery, underneath that reservoir. That's interesting because, yeah, like realistically, <clears throat> anywhere you go could have a body. Uh, and depending on how bad it was decomposed, which I assume... Once you hit a certain point, uh, it's just unrecognizable. You know what I mean? Like maybe at, if you've been in the ground for 30 years, maybe you really can't tell much of a difference of uh, someone who's been in the ground for, you know, 60 years. You know what I mean? Um, or maybe 100 years. You never know. And at that point, then you kind of it has that like uh, statue of limitation, so to speak. If you were going to, you know, put somebody in, in the ground that, uh, you know, couldn't go to a funeral home because it'd be a bad look on you type deal. Um, and they had to go the old fashioned route of burial. It's very interesting stuff. And I do think that's that, that definitely plays a part in, you know, if there's, you know, if there's situations like that, uh, definitely some bad energy roaming around that. No, I agree. 
Were you hip to uh, Round Valley Reservoir previously to uh, research for this episode, or is this a new one for you? It's a new one for me. I took a quick look at it. Thought it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm Reservoir Dogs, of course, we're both familiar with, but this was a new one for us. But uh, without any further ado, we're going to pop up into some of this. So, you know, this past Christmas Eve, it made news when three individuals had to be rescued uh, from sinking into the waist-deep mud of the partially drained Round Valley Reservoir. Fortunately, they made it out alive. Not all have been so lucky. You know, that mucky, swampy mud. Um, so I always think that's very scary stuff. Reminds me of quicksand, you know what I mean? Uh and drowning's horrible enough, but a more thicker, drowning in a more thicker substance like a mud, you know what I mean? I always felt like that might be a little more hardcore on you. You know, I'm sure it's all the same after you take that big <gasps> that big inhale, and as soon as, I believe as soon as uh, your lungs get the impression that, uh, you know, things are, things are about to change, I think that, that you kind of go into shock and unconscious, I think. I could be wrong. I'd hope so. You wouldn't want it. Yeah, that ain't a good look. That's not a good way to go out, you know what I mean? What do you think? Uh, I agree. I know that over in the British Isles, they uh, found those, what they call the bog people, those that were buried in there and the bodies were preserved. Yeah. My question is how many were buried and how many by accident ended up in there, uh, like I said, as an accident, not necessarily a burial. And even finding bodies, I mean, if you go back far enough and stuff, a simple coffin made of planks and there was no embalming and stuff, once they put that into the ground, everything deteriorated. And you might not even know there was a grave there when you're, uh, let's say, flooding something for a reservoir. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying about people doing the burials in their backyard, when you're burying someone in your backyard, I don't feel like you would have a big marker if you had a marker at all. It would be, uh, when I mean marker, I mean like the, the namesakes that we know. I bet they all got like maybe flowers or trees or something over it. There was a marker like that, I'm sure. But if it's in your backyard and it's your family, I don't know if you'd do the whole you know, tombstone deal. If you had anything, it would be something that after time would either be easily kind of overgrown by, you know, grass or whatever. Or maybe even the elements could have broken it down and broke it. And it just now looks like, you know, a clump of rocks in the dirt, you know. You know, something like a, a wooden cross that would uh, the weather would uh, beat up after a while. A thing would start to decay, might get knocked over, overgrown, and you get no idea what there's anything buried out there. Yeah, the, I do. I, I can only imagine the. I bet we're all. If if you went down deep enough, you probably find bones. No matter everybody listening right now, you go thirty feet beneath where your feet are. You're going to find something. Maybe it might be dinosaur bones. You never know. But the Round Valley Reservoir in Clinton Township, Hunterdon County, uh, was formed in 1960 when the New Jersey Water Authority constructed two large dams and flooded uh, a large valley, which had formerly been occupied by a farming community. Yeah, the farmers, I feel like I said, they're, they're, uh, of all people, that's a group of people that I don't, see just easily up just going, oh, you want us out of here? Okay, bye. Because that's like their livelihood. And it's been their livelihood for so long that even if they, you know, go, okay, I can go somewhere else and do it, emotionally and mentally, it's going to be a lot to pull out of that land because it's kind of everything to them. It's probably, their, it was their families, I'm sure, beforehand, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of, like, 
there's a lot of that energy pulling towards it too. Yeah, a whole lot of that uh, residual energy, all the uh, births, the deaths, the struggles in the family, all that energy is going to stay there and it's going to be released into the water. Yeah. Now, the reservoir is named after a naturally formed circular valley surrounded by the Cushantunk Mountain, reaching depths of 180 feet. That's pretty deep. Uh, and the 2,350-acre reservoir is renowned for its clear blue waters and being uh, the southernmost body of water that contains naturally reproducing lake trout. The lake is perhaps best known, however, for what lies beneath the surface of its pristine, shimmering waters, uh, which you're about to find out, folks. So hold on to your butts. Now, while the state park, which included the reservoir, can boast a wilderness area for camping, swimming, and even scuba diving facilities, a boat ramp they got, they got hiking and biking trails, as you'll see in most of your, you know, parks and such. But the reservoir itself has come to be known as the Bermuda Triangle of New Jersey, which they should just call it, I don't know, Bermuda Jungle. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they can figure out a better name. I feel like uh, whenever they go, it's the it's the, the the whatever whatever of wherever. It's like it's kind. Of, I don't get down with it. Like the Bermuda Triangle of New Jersey, give it a real name. It, it, it's it's earned its own name at this point. Now, for over uh, the, the over twenty six cases of people who have disappeared there since nineteen seventy one. 1971, 26 cases. Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, you're gonna, there's gonna be a lot of that happening, you know what I mean? In, in parks, you know, a lot of people that kind of go missing and such. Um, 26, is, I guess. I don't, would, would that number be alarming to you for something like that, Ray? I almost feel like it wouldn't be that alarming. It sucks, but, you know, you know what I mean? It would to me in that Jersey's a small state. I mean, we're not talking about going out to Yellowstone where there are uh, grizzly bears and you've got geysers and you've got thousands and thousands of acres of wilderness or any of the big parks out west. Yeah. You're, you're talking about something something here in Jersey. And, uh, yeah, I would say that going missing there, a good search, a very concentrated search, uh, would probably turn up something or somebody – at some point, because it's not just vast amounts of wasteland around there. It's it's not that that big to be able to harbor anything that could take people out. I can't say, I mean, 26, that'd be about, and that was roughly around 50 years ago, one person every other year goes, goes missing. Mm. You know, there's really no explanation to a lot of the missing uh, missing persons from this area. They said, while assumed that they drown, the bodies of six of those lost have never been found. Um, you know, if it's a park, I don't know, New Jersey, uh, New, I think New Jersey, the, the, you know, they, they would get probably the equivalent to what we would get around here. Would New Jersey have beers? Uh, I don't know. They probably at least have coyotes. They're scavengers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that New Jersey has got the city, of course. But I think there's a big. There's, I think there's a big, you know, almost wild wilderness area. You know, suburban type vibe to it too. And yeah, whenever you get into the the woods, you know what I mean. Like you know, we got here, you know, and they're not too far away from us. But you get the coyotes. 
You know, this horror, I've heard horror stories of, you know, I knew a, a good friend of mine had a, had a good friend of his. I never met him, but, uh, back in the day, I guess, uh, it was, uh, you know, he was, uh, he found himself kind of, uh, not being able really to go somewhere, we'll say. <clears throat> and, um, he kind of took a break. He took a little break, uh, next behind somebody's shed, um, uh, well, without being harsh to the dude, like <clears throat> the dude had his demons. Uh, he was on something and he kind of passed out behind somebody's shed. And I don't, I don't know if he o- overdosed and died or if he was just out. I assume he overdosed and died because the coyotes ate him, which was horrifying. I remember hearing that and being like fucking horrified um, by just hearing that because uh, that's, that's troublesome nature. But yeah, you have coyotes and, you know, any kind of wild animal, I feel, if it's hungry enough and you're just dead there, it's going to go snacking on you. Some of them might want to make, you know, some of them might have the ability to make you dead, which is the troublesome ones. But even the ones that aren't going to kill you, you know, they're, if they're hungry, they're going to eat your face or whatever, you know what I mean? Well, I live in a town, not a city, and there is some uh, wooded areas around it. And it's, as a matter of fact, I'm looking out back right now, there's a river and there's a wooded and swampy area. It's all filled in for the summer. Yeah. But um, several times, uh, and one as recent as yesterday, I got the, I was watching the deer come down the river. They stopped sometime. A few years back, we had a coyote problem. So much so that a neighbor of mine, two dwellings down, got bit. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. They, uh, as it turns out, the coyote was rabid. They had to get the police in here and shoot it. It was hiding under their home. Well, they're pretty aggressive to begin with, even when they're not rabid, you know what I mean? Uh, generally, they can be scared off unless there's a large group of Back them. Back of them, yeah. But, yeah, it had been roaming around. Someone reported it. They were out uh, talking to the talking to the police about it. And the police went to, to uh, go see if they could find it. And the thing circled around the building, came around the other side, and actually bit the person. So it, it it snuck around the cops to actually get the person. That's a pretty smart coyote. Yeah, and basically after that, uh, they cornered it and they shot it. And then they had it examined the rabies. Fortunately, the person was treated and they're okay now. But I haven't seen any in the last couple of years. But for a while there, uh, I've been here about seven years. They uh, used to see them on a regular basis. I know I, once in a while I see fox. Today I saw another hawk. They like to hunt here because you've got plenty of rabbits. And um, you don't leave any garbage outside. There's one time I was made a garbage and I put it on my front porch, which has a door. And uh, figured it was okay with the door closed. And I heard a noise and I looked out onto the front porch, the, the small porch. And there's one raccoon who's up on a railing, and it's hitting the knob for the door until it popped. And there was one down on the steps out front that pushed it open, and they come in after the garbage. Yeah. So there, I've seen them in the trees around here. Um, yeah, this it. i got plenty of wildlife around me. Definitely no bears, but uh, coyotes, the biggest thing I've seen around. Did you ever see the... Um... 
there was a viral video going around not too long ago of a, a guy. It's like a, a outside, like a front door cam. And there was a guy out in his driveway with his wife, I believe, and like a bobcat or something ran up and like attacked his wife. And it was like, it was super aggressive. And it was like, you know, they're, they're like big, tough cats. You know what I mean? They'll shred you up. You know, you take a house cat, a house cat could do some serious damage if it wanted to, you know what I mean? So you add, you add like another, you know, 50 pounds to that thing and uh, the instinct to kill and you got a problem. You know what I mean? Well, I got fisher cats around here. You can hear them once in a while. You got to be careful. Get your pets in. They're, they're big, mean, and nasty. How big do they get? Uh, usually bigger than a bigger than a house cat. Probably not as big as a bo- some bobcats, but they're uh, double attack pets. Scary stuff. You know. Imagine that if that bobcat was the size of a dog, you'd be in some serious trouble. We got to make sure they don't get on steroids or eat McDonald's, and we'll be all right. I think. Now, the longest-standing unsolved disappearance dates way back to May 4th, 1973, when two men, one from North Arlington and the other from Jersey City, were fishing on the lake in a 12-foot aluminum boat, which was later found capsized. Two yellow life jackets, a wooden oar, and a broken fishing rod and reel were discovered nearby. Now, let's examine that a little bit. So, two men go fishing. You know, two pals, we're guessing, maybe brothers. Uh, They were fishing, and they were in a 12-foot aluminum boat. Now, that's light. The boat's very light, uh, with it being aluminum. Now, it was later found capsized, two yellow life jackets, so they weren't wearing their life jackets, or maybe, uh, who the hell knows, maybe they got sucked out of their life jackets. A wooden oar, I'd be more more, uh, worried if the wooden oar was broken instead of the fishing rod. But the fishing rod and reel were there, too. So, I mean, you know, when it comes to these things, you have one of the things that they think is a portal deal. Like, they just happened to, like, their boat rolled into a portal. But then wouldn't everything be gone, you think? Uh, if it started to happen and they panicked and went in the water, they may have got, gotten sucked in and the uh, boat stayed behind. Because it sounds like, you know, a wooden oar, usually there's two oars, you know what I mean? So maybe one of the only one was, they only found one maybe. Uh, and a broken fishing rod and reel were discovered nearby. I assume there had to have been two fishing rods in there, if not more, if they're super fishermen. I've, I've, I've gone fishing and seen maniac fishermen with like three rods, four rods going, running back and forth, you know what I mean? Well, I'm also thinking that, you know, if there's only one oar and a broken rod, maybe they were trying to fight something off. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a really good point too. Um, that really that is a good point. Um, the delusional when it, when they hit, when it first hit and they went delusional is when they tried to use the fishing rod. Unless maybe the fishing rod is what pulled they pulled it to the surface, you know. Or oars oars float. Why was there only one? Yeah, it's a you know the boat's fine, everything's cool, life jackets are there, one oar. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, but not too long after that, there was the second occurrence. And, you know, a couple of years later, in March of uh, 77, two Trenton men, Craig Steer, 18, and Andrew Fazanella, 20, uh, were last seen paddling their canoe along the north shoreline of the reservoir. 
The canoe and their camping gear was found washed ashore four days later. Hmm. So that's another one of them being in the water. You know what I mean? It, which it, so the, it, it could be some type of you know when they talk about um you know the the uh, the the Bermuda Triangle, probably the most famous of the triangles. That's kind of what they. That's one of the things that they do the theories is the portal that it opens up and sucks things down into it. Um, it could also, you could have, you think it could be something like a, like an underwater sinkhole or something weird like that. Would that eventually fill back up to the point where you couldn't tell that a sinkhole happened? So if that was the case, like a lot of this stuff sounds like if it just went woof underwater, you know, everything that, that showed up would pretty much float to the surface. You know what I mean? Well, you should have, in that case, you should, well, you should have bodies if it's natural causes and you don't have bodies. That's, that's, that's the key there. The other thing is, let's say you're in a canoe and you're paddling along and this uh, portal opens up in front of you. You try back paddling and everything and it does not work. Hmm. You see yourself going in, so you decide, okay, uh, we're not that far from shore. I'm jumping ship and I'm swimming. Well, maybe you get sucked in while that boat just goes floating on by. Maybe you should have stayed in it. Mm. Before this thought loses my mind, what's your opinion of a big sea creature that chills on the bottom? It's it, it by this point it's adapted to have it. It's the shell of it is almost like the 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 bottom of this river. So like if they were to scan it, it wouldn't look at you. They wouldn't catch anything. I would think that would be something adaptive adapted to that. Um... If there had been a water source, and it probably usually is, like a river or a small lake, mm. when it was back when it was a valley, then that uh, underwater dweller could have been there, and now it just has more to feed on and more territory to patrol. Right. Yeah. So we got next up. We got March of nineteen eighty nine. So it's the same mo- month, at least, just a couple of years later. Um, and two more men. It's got a taste for men over here. Um, John Cabu and Albert Lawson failed to return from a fishing trip on Round Valley. Their 13-foot aluminum boat, another aluminum boat of around roughly 12, 13-footers, and various personal items were later found on the shoreline. Lawson's body was recovered several months later that year. That must have been horrifying. Um, and Kabu's body has yet to be found. Kabu's body seen, uh, Lawson's body, and he it fucking hightailed it out of there. That's how gruesome Lawson's fucking body looked after being chilling for several, several months. That's horrifying stuff. So at least they found one with this. What's your take on them actually finding one this time? Uh, whatever, whatever's down there had their fill. Yikes. The other thing I'm thinking about is that you said March again. Yes. I'm thinking, well, that's springtime. Mm. Suppose this thing, because lakes tend to freeze, suppose this thing hibernates in winter. Yeah. And then it comes out in the spring to feed. Mm. And, and you start having these things happen in, uh, in, the, in the spring or early summer because it's, it's got to feed. It's got to take its victims. That's what... You know, I was kind of thinking that a little bit with the massive thing under the water. 
Yeah. Uh, if it just learned to adapt. Like, I think that there's things in the deepest of the darkest oceans where we don't go that are prehistoric and, you know, some serious shit in size and trouble if you were to mess with it. Um, it's kind of, uh, you know, if these, this reservoir, though, is weird because they made this kind of area, you know what I mean? So it's not like it could have been. My theory for what I was just saying would have been, you know, back in the way, way, way back, something crawled into the water. Because I feel like if you could live in the water, the best protected you would be. Like when the comet hit and killed all the dinosaurs, like whatever was in the water, if you weren't, if you were, you know, deep enough not to get cooked by fucking the water above you getting hot and shit, if you were deep enough to survive that or, or quick enough to scurry away into the depths, then I feel like realistically you just got to do, you would get whatever lifespan you would have. And who's to say when things are unbothered like that and, you know, they're in a whole different almost freezing water environment. Who knows what that, I know the polar bear club, you jump in the water in the winter, it's supposed to be good for your heart. Who's to say that living down in them deep, dark depths of coldness don't keep you around forever, you know what I mean? Uh, well, you know, you live in, in the deep, down, dark, cold, and that's how your heart is, dark and cold, and you take your victims. Yikes. But with that being said, though, like, if this was a man-made thing, it's weird. It, it would mean something would either have to have been in the soil ahead of time, and I mean like a creature thing, not 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 a, not dead bodies that would bring the energy, but like a legitimate creature-type vibe would have to be there or find its way there. Um it's a very interesting thing. You know what I mean? I do know that it's uh, New Jersey is the home of the Toxic Avenger and Toxic Waste. Maybe a little Toxic Waste got on something and crawled up in there. Um, but the body being recovered several months later, you know, you know, as well as that just being a horrible sight to see, um, all evidence of whatever happened, I feel, would be gonzo by that point. If it was cruising around, I mean, the water would kind of uh, would kind of like um, preserve you a little bit. Um, but I don't. I feel like water is one of those things where, like, in, when you're in, you see them in the water. It'll be in once you pull them out of the water. I think it's it's it. You you start to re all that evidence disappears pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Like you got to be knowing what you're doing because I feel like once it. You just get waterlogged, and I think uh, you just kind of stay however. But once that water starts running out of you or whatever, when they pull you out, I think it's uh, I think all, all your handsome and beautiful looks start running out with that water, if you know what I mean. Well, I find it kind of surprising that it took months to find a body, and it, it was only one. But why didn't they find the other bodies? There's typically people who uh, are put in the water and yeah. under. The bodies come back up because in the water, what happens is the body starts to bloat. It gets gases and it wants to float. So most victims of drownings eventually come back up and float. And why didn't they find any other floaters around? Yeah. I mean, with, you know, with, with, it could also be, you know, Tony Canoli, you know what I mean? It could have been, uh, it's all, you know, <clears throat> I think authorities, could turn would turn you know if they were in cahoots with some with some uh you know gentlemen that like to eat a lot of spaghetti and shoot guns then they would uh kind of turn a blind eye not quite give it the best autopsy type vibe and you know maybe it could have been a fresh kill 
it got dumped there. What's kind of crazy is I would in my my soprano f- fan uh, mind, I almost cons- it'd be like a, a crazy operation where you know these they, they, they like the the mobs taking these people, making them disappear. So then they could almost it's like laundering money but laundering bodies. You know what I mean? Then they could put their <laughs> people in so they can go. Okay, well uh that's 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 somebody else and then they don't have to like kind of figure out who the who who the actual body is type deal but well instead of sleep with the fishers you got sleep with cthulhu oh what a you world got those, you got those elder gods down there waiting for us and they can be mean and nasty At, in the end you find out we're all just parasites on a cthulhu roaming through this world it's sweet it's a sweet thought huh now, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> an Associated Press article by Wayne Perry chronicled an investigation which took place at Round Valley in 2006 when officials conducted a search for some of the unre- uncovered bo- unrecovered bodies that remain in the lake to this day. And that uh, that uh, that that article went a little something like this: Round Valley Reservoir is a watery place where people disappear. Never to be seen from again. The description held true Wednesday after a four and a half hour search of the sprawling Round Valley Reservoir failed to turn up any trace of six missing boaters and fishermen, some uh, of whom were last seen in 1973. Yeah, uh, even with the, the the preservation of water, if you're if you're you went in the water in 1973, you you hanging out all the way to 2006. I don't even know if you make it to do. I think I don't even with that a distance like that. I think you, uh, not even the water could probably help you. You know. Yep. Uh, a team of thirty state police, FBI, and Bergen County sheriff's officers fanned out on the on foot and in boats across the hundred and eighty foot deep reservoir, looking for skeletal remains, clothing, or other signs of the missing victims, all of whom are presumed drowned. On two boats during the search, especially trained cadaver-sniffing dogs. I, you know, I don't even want to know how they they trained them that way. That sounds like the worst dog job in the world. Uh, were brought in to sniff for the telltale gases uh, of decaying bodies, which uh, you think that I don't know if that would work its way through the water. It's a weird, the weird deal. Um, the next step will be to search sections of the reservoir with a special underwater robotic camera. Yeah, well, you know, is that that last one sounded a little bit like they wanted some new technology and they 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 couldn't wait for something like this to happen. I think that they put a little Vicks vapor rub in that dog's nostrils that day to make sure he didn't smell nothing because they said, you know what, we deserve that special underwater robotic camera, man. That's what I want. You know what I mean? Now, at the end of the search, no human remains had been found. The death toll continues to mount. But what is it about this picturesque and seemingly tranquil body of water that makes it so deadly, you might ask yourself? Now, we've been offered some legends of the lake and proposed some of the possible reasons for the unusually high mortality rate at the Valley of the Round Reservoir. And a couple of those theories go a little bit like this. We got the pull down into the depths of the reservoir. 
you know, this is a gentleman uh, from the area who's telling a little story of uh, what he encountered in that area. And he says, I live about two minutes from the Round Valley Reservoir. And in my 10 years of living in this area, I've encountered so many different accounts of strange happenings that it makes me think that something weird is going on. I once heard a story about how upon uh, the opening of the RVR in 1968, many people would dive up there in the park with their and park with their sweethearts um, for a little smooching. Now, well within the first week of its opening, there were multiple eyewitness accounts of strange lights hovering above the reservoir. You know, we even the triangle here got that alien touch. You know what I mean? But recently, I was telling all these strange happenings to two young boys I know. When I told them about the strange hovering lights, they got kind of weird and told me about a recent trip they took there one night when they spotted a strange green light hovering and bobbing above the water. At first, they thought it was a boat light, but scratched that idea when it rose higher and drifted into the trees behind them. They promptly ran until it was out of sight. Yo, that's some scary stuff. UFO stories, sightings like that still creep me out to this day when I read them. Uh, So now they're definitely, I mean, there's an argument between is alien really a spiritual thing or what, but I mean, there's definitely, that just brought a whole different, uh, you know, addition to this story right there. Um, The UFO alien type vibe, you know what I mean? Well, the middle of this big reservoir, uh, you're out there in a boat, maybe you and your uh, a buddy or something, and there's no one around, and it's all pristine and quiet and stuff. That'd be perfect to you know grab someone right out of that boat. If aliens had the technology that I assume they would have, and they would have to, to be able to be so sneaky and be here without us knowing in a big way. I assume they got to have some type of weird technology where they would go underwater. And even maybe deeper into the into the the ground at the bottom of like the oceans and stuff like that. Because um, when you think about it, realistically, those are probably the most. If you could realistically be under a big body of water, I think that would protect you from the majority of kind of anything. You know, a tsunami, even a tsunami coming through, would you know? I think it would still it would like roll over. Uh, it would roll it roll over, but and cause ruckus to the top, same thing like a comet, but I think that anything deep enough would be probably cool. You know what I mean? So realistically, are, yeah. No, I was going to say there are stories uh, in Alaska. Yeah. You got the Alaskan Triangle and all the waters over there, and even some of the larger lakes, uh, people seeing uh, UFOs go into the water and disappear or come out of. I know that the same thing has happened off of different parts of the West Coast, I was watching a video one time that people took off a took off a boat in an area with legendary for uh, UFOs, and they saw some lights. They had the camera out there, and they saw some lights pointed down at that underneath the water in the distance. And uh, this was the ocean, so it wasn't. You can pretty much eliminate any sort of glowing plankton or anything near the surface but one big light came right out of the water and you can see it on the video it hangs there for a second and then it shoots up in the sky and it was like okay 
Uh, That's interesting. I tell you the most the most um, convincing UFO footage I've ever seen was um, was just something going up in the sky really quick, you know, and all that when it's flying straight and stuff like that. Yeah, it's creepy, but it, it's something a little. I don't know when you see it flying like an airplane would or something like that. It's a little more common to you because you're used to airplanes and stuff like that. But when you see it, uh, just kind of go up, up quick. You know what I mean? It's really you get that vibe of reality there. You know what I mean? Well, if, if you talk about water and UFOs, I was uh, taking a vacation up in Maine, a cabin on a huge lake. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I were out back and we see these three lights and they're in the distance and they're traveling. And I'm looking at it going, nope, nope, nope. Don't look like uh, there's no blinking. There's no sound, not a helicopter or a plane or anything. And then they cut back at a 45 degree angle. I mean, this is a shot. Boom, boom. Yeah. And started heading up and then cut back again. Another 45 degree angle go for a while, and then shoot off and disappear. Well, planes don't take 45-degree cuts, and they don't go horizontal, shoot up at a weird angle, then go horizontal, then poof, accelerate and disappear into nothingness yeah. uh, with, with no sound. So we kind of look at each other and we went, uh-huh, we just seen a UFO. So we went back inside. <laughs> <That's enough laughs> That's enough for tonight, I think. You know, forget the little fire pit we got out here in the lake and how beautiful it is because there were mountains around us and stuff. And we figured, nope, because there was no way that thing tracked like a meteor. Meteors don't go up or cut back on themselves. Planes can't make moves like that. I mean, I ran a whole list through my head and I said, nope, UFO, that's it. Oh, it's a nice night. I think I'll go inside and try and get some sleep. Boom, I'm inside. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of a little thing we had my me and my cousins were in the we came we were camping with the family once and we used to do um after everybody went to bed we'd go on our little adventures you know what i mean we'd kind of take a walk throughout whatever i remember we were walking through the woods and we were looking up this hill it was like off in the distance it was this big size hill and we seen this light on it and it was just kind of like there and then all of a sudden it, it went down the hill, but it was like in a weird zigzaggy thing really quick. Like it was almost running down the hill, but like in a zig, like a weird zigzag line and it, very weird, very weird. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that's what, that's what I was thinking when he was saying that. Um, you know, RVR is 180 feet deep. Now, the famous Jack Cousteau supposedly paid a visit to the reservoir with his mini-sub and claimed that it was one of the weirdest places he'd ever seen. Uh, There was a small town that existed somewhere at the bottom of the reservoir. Many of the houses and buildings are still reputed to be there. A lot of debris is said to be around, barbed wire, wood, dead trees, etc. Several structures were relocated when the reservoir was being constructed and are still functioning within the community. So this is pretty much a, a watery ghost town. Oh, yeah. A lot of, lot of energy there. That is some serious energy because now, now you have buildings that, you know, whether it be people's homes and, you know, the, the great memories and the love of it and, they're kind of like a dwelling of love, or maybe there's places that are a dwelling of hatred. 
um, you know what I mean? Dwellings of sadness, you know what I mean? Uh, there's hospitals, churches, all types of uh, different energies down there. And like when people congregate to things like that, all across the board uh, of them, you know, they, they bring an energy there and they leave an energy, they leave a mark there, you know what I mean? So like, it'd be interesting. <clears throat> and if you were almost going to, to go with the energy thing, if it had, if it had a personality, which it, you know, every now and then we talk about it, it, having like almost an opinion and a personality, uh, it would all, it, you know, it would probably miss the energy that was going there to give it praise or bringing that energy to it, you know, and feeding it uh, its source. But that's like very crazy too. That does bring a whole new element to it of, you know, yeah, weird vibes. Ghost Town. I, I want to go there now. I, well, actually, I don't know. We'll wait till we get to the end of this, but they do scuba. Well, yeah. You want to go, right? I'm down for some scuba diving. I definitely support that. <clears throat> now, it seems that the missing body count of RVR is quite steady at around eight bodies. Caught eight bodies, Ray. That's horrifying. That's like a, that's like a, that's like a, some gangster rap. You know what I mean? Now it's said that within the first year of its opening, about uh, they, so that's the first year that it caught that eight bodies at Ray. That's some craziness, right there. Oh yeah. Um, rarely does the count drop any lower than six, and and uh, if that's how how low it. It doesn't stay that way for more than a few weeks. I don't know what's going on here. This is kind of what they say. There's eight. This guy, yeah, I think there's a little flub up there, but yeah, the, the around eight bodies, and they, you know, ra- rarely does the count drop any lower than six. And it, if that's if that's low, it doesn't stay that way for more than a few weeks. Several rescue squad members, uh, this dude's sister and mother included, say the story pretty much goes like this. If one body comes up, then another one is going down soon. That's kind of an interesting take on that. That's that's creepy, dude. That's like that goes into that eating thing, or maybe even just the energy thing. Like it takes it and it gets whatever sucks, whatever it needs out of its energy wise, and then when it's done, it leaves the body behind. That's kind of truly horrifying, and uh, I got got a little creepy. Got the little creep vibes when I heard that one. Well, the other thing too about that is that uh, maybe it seeks it. You know, it's kind of like uh, body disappears. People are skeptical of something, so it gives the body back, and people go, "Okay, it was just a drowning, or just and that. Everything's okay. We found the body," and people start going on the lake again. It's just kind of baiting the people to come back out so it can take another one. You know, go into the whole worship thing. Um, it sounds a lot like um, sacrifice. You know, you bring it a body, it eats it. When it's done with it, you bring them another one and continuous. And it looks at, it could, it, you know, finding these people and eating could just be, uh, you know, to, to, the, to the beast. It just feels like it's more of a sacrifice thing than him just him just being a devourer whenever he gets hungry, you know what I mean? Whatever goes on in the mind of it, he, it, all it knows is that when it wants food, it eats. And when it do, it's done with it, it pushes the plate away 
and he turns his head, and the next thing you know, the plate's full again. You know what I mean? Now, this gentleman is telling this story. He can attest to this because he said that there was a one summer. It was either 1993 or 94. Those were both very good summers. A great That was a great time. Uh, that his sister responded to a DOA, dead on arrival call at the reservoir. Now, a gentleman in a boat without a motor had his anchor stuck on a larger object. He requested a tow from a powerboat, and up popped a missing drowned fisherman, fully clothed. His 1990 fishing license was still attached to his vest, and get this, his sunglasses were still on. Well, guess what happens next, Ray? Three days later, Two canoeists are paddling around together when one decides to cool off and jumps in. Guess who never comes up from the water? You got that right. He jumped in and never resurfaced. He's still missing to this day. Some people think he's watching Elvis play his favorite songs. Now, you know, the fisherman popping up, What a that's like the Jaws scene, uh, a couple of the Jaws scenes when they're down below. Uh, and they find the shark tooth, and then the dead dude pops up, and Wah! And it's also just as horrifying as when he's throwing the chum and fucking Jaws himself makes an appearance, you know what I mean? Um, you know, my goodness, could, you know, what would you, what could you, could you imagine? I don't know, I, I'd, I'd take it pretty bad personally if I was pulling up an anchor and dead body came popping up with it. I don't care if it had a fishing license or not. I'm not going to hold that against him. You know what I mean? If it was expired, that's just something I don't want to deal with. What do you, could you imagine, imagine yourself in that situation? Right? Well, what, I, what first thing I'm thinking about is why did he still, okay, let's say a fisherman falls over off the side of the boat. Yeah. Um, and he's in the water for a period of time. Now, how long was was the missing fish? Did they say how long he was in there? The from nine. Well, he had a nineteen ninety license. That's the best they did for trying to tell you. So my guess is probably nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty nine. However, that worked before he'd have to renew it type deal. But the thing is, why did he not only have the badge on and he's fully clothed? Why is everything intact right down to still having sunglasses on? If you go overboard, you're struggling. You don't keep your sunglasses on. I mean, they're going to fall off. You're going to struggle. You're going to try and swim. All this is going to happen. He should not He should not be that intact, and he should not have those sunglasses on. Mm. Think, 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 about, think about you got your shades on and you fall overboard. Why would? How are they going to stay on while you're in a panic trying to swim back to the surface? So a lot of a lot of those details just don't make any sense for a regular drowning. I could understand if the sunglasses were on his chest and with with the string, you know what I mean, the little rope. But I assume they're going for the the eyes. They're on the eyes, and when I what I I think of uh, it's either foul play, either you know real you know paranormal foul play or. If the dude killed himself off, or I don't know, maybe if he if he had a, I guess he, you know you have a serious heart attack, it's over like that. I think before you even realize what's going on. So as long as it just survived the impact of hitting the water, um, but yeah, I do think that's very weird. Even if there was a sinkhole situation that would have been sucked off him, you know what I mean, right off the old nostril. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting one. We have. Uh, 
we have an account of somebody else, though, too, which is nice. I think the account. Now, this gentleman goes on to say, um, I guess I should have I should assumed uh, who it is. I worked at the Round Valley Recreation Area from 1985 to 1994 and the maintenance crew for the State Park Service. The town consisted of several farms that were established years before the reservoir was developed. Before the filling of the reservoir, the National Guard came in to do tank maneuvers. This probably wiped out a lot of the structures that existed. Since the reservoir is pretty deep, uh, as we know, 180 feet, uh, most structures and trees were not disturbed. This is where the weird stuff starts. Oh, yeah. Over the years, there have been numerous drownings. Storms come up quick and catch uh, catch you by surprise. That could be kind of a dimensional deal. Um, there are still unrecovered bodies in the water. Once in a while, one will surface surprisingly still clothed, as I have seen. When a person drowns in the reservoir, the body will get caught in the underwater trees, uh, brush in the structures, not leveled when the reservoir was built. Just before uh, I left to a promotion at another park, a victim's body surfaced after approximately four years. He still had his pants, boots, shirt, ball cap, and glasses on. So there's another sunglass one. Um, so they're getting caught up in the in these in in, in the structures, which is kind of crazy. I know that the it's kind of. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would make that makes a little more sense a little bit with the fact that people go missing for four years. But it's almost like if you knew there was this ghost water town, you'd want you just put the scuba gear on and just walk through all the buildings. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, you know, it's deep, but it ain't like you know they can figure it out. I send some robot or something down there because what it looks like is it looks like. Uh, However they're getting down that deep, they find themselves going into one of these buildings and probably maybe floating to the top of that and maybe hanging in there for a little bit. And then once they're in there, though, it's kind of an interesting question to ask, how how do they get out of there once they're in that slump? Because they would have to take some type of underground wave or something to kind of pop them out if we're talking like physical, like uh, trying to explain it type deal, you know what I mean? I want to know how somebody who, let's say they went down, mm. and if we accept their explanation of getting caught up in, let's say, trees or buildings, yeah, well, there's going to be struggling, probably dam- maybe damage to clothes, maybe glasses knocked off, maybe scar, whatever it happens to be, down there. And then four years in water, they suddenly show up, and from their description, it looks like they just went in the water intact and that doesn't sound like people who got caught in some underbrush underneath the water that sounds like somebody was taken somewhere um so i'm I'm assuming that four years under the water is going to change the person maybe uh you know if you get some rotting flesh your glasses might fall off this this will happen that'll happen but these people come up and oh look they still got a name tag there's there's Shoes, clothes, glasses, the cap's still on. And that doesn't sound like somebody who's been underwater uh, four years after struggling to try and get back to the surface being trapped in something. 
it sounds more like uh, either you're talking interdimensional portal or some sort of abduction thing. Four years underwater could change a man. That, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That alien, you know, the abduction thing is like, uh, that's definitely a big one. Because, yeah, you assume. And the dimension thing, too, kind of, we were talking recently, I think it was off air, but uh, we were talking dimensions. And uh, I remember my my biggest fear with dimension, like, I, we were talking Stargate somewhere. Uh, maybe it was a different show, but, like, I'd never want to step into a Stargate because you don't know what's on the other end, you know? Same thing with, like, dimensions and portals. It's like, I don't think I'd ever open, unless I was looking at the end, unless I was looking at, like, bad news here completely. I, 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 would, I don't think I'd willingly pop into one because who's to say the next place, you, you, you know, you're not, you're not having lunch in a diner uh, 180 feet underwater, you know what I mean, here, and you go, ooh, I don't, my lungs don't like this water, it's a little too cold for me down here, and that, you know what I mean, which is horrifying, and then, you're gonzo, um, so that's interesting, the, 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 the dimensional, the portal, um, vibe to this one, I think is real creepy stuff, I like, um, I like where you're going with the, like, the abduction thing a little bit, because it's, you know, it's almost like it, it, it's, it's it's so sinister. You know what I mean? Whenever you, you catch the aliens in a situation where they're coming off a little sinister, a little evil, it's like very few things get creepy as that. You know what I mean? And when you really think about it, and that's what it would be with it. They, 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 you know, bring people up, do what they do, um, and they don't they don't make it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's interesting that certain people make it back. You know alive and then some of them would kind of be in a situation like this um but i don't know what you think you maybe think it's uh you think they're hidden in the water you think it's more so uh maybe they drop them maybe they like drop them out of the the, the sky or something a little bit into the water and they have a heart attack because they're just they're so shooken up or maybe you know is it it's it what why do you what do you why do you think they're in the water do you think there's any reason rhyme or reason to it from what we've gathered thus far? Um, well, if you're talking about an alien presence, the water's a place to hide. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking about something like a portal, and th- this might apply to aliens as well as portals, let's say they're using a dimension going, uh, going through a portal or a dimensional shift to get here. Um, and the same place has these storms that pop up out of nowhere and then go away. Now, could those storms come from the portal itself or something the aliens were doing that disrupt the weather, a surge of energy or something that creates this storm that pops up out of nowhere and then suddenly goes away? I don't know, but uh, I'll go with me. I'm very much into the whole portal type of thing, and I think it has to do a lot with the energy of the ghost town. Yeah. Something with you have a town with all of the residual energy in it. You have the military going in there, blowing things up and running it all over and destroying it. Then you're flooding it with a water, which is a conductor of energy. Uh, and if you're near a big city, you can add in. If you're near a big city like the because Jersey's across the uh, water from New York and you want to hide, uh, yeah, you find this little 
area out there to say, oh, look, look, look at this park. There aren't many people around. There's no cities. There's nobody around here. We'll use that, that big new lake over there. That's where we're going to hide. No matter what it is, whether it's an interdimensional being or whether it's an alien, it's a perfect hiding place. What's your, what's your opinion on the, the evils of humanity where, you know, these businessmen, these, these contractors came in and they were like, we want, you got to get out of here. We're going to do this. And the people that stayed, maybe they went in there and, you know, released a little, you know, some type of chemical or physically killed them or did something that killed these people off. And then after they were dead, they just filled in, filled it in with water over them. Unfortunately, I do not underestimate the evil of humanity because there's been too much of it over thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. So, so it's yeah, it is possible that it could happen. What that that right there is, I mean, if that was proven to be true, that you don't even need to go any further with why this place has got its issues. You know what I mean? But um, you know, the water's temperature is cold down deep, and this preserves the flesh to a certain extent. Now, the body still had flesh on its thighs. Uh, that's, that's nice. Uh, the water is murky. The deeper the di- one dives, the, this hampers all the rescue attempts. Round Valley, or Death Valley as we called it, uh, has its share of suicides also. You know, the suicide thing popped in my head earlier. Um, I think I even brought it up. But, I, you know, the idea of, the, you know, like the dude with the glasses. I knew a dude that... Uh, I knew a dude that got sick and he, uh, his vibe was he, uh, for insurance reasons, if it got to a point where there was no return, he was gonna, he was a big fishing person. He was going to go in and just pop, like jump in with his waiter boots on that fill up with water type deal. So like, I, I assume that that wouldn't be too violent. You know what I mean? I think there, there's people out there that probably would want to kind of add to the folklore of it. Um, what I meant by too violent is like, as far as sunglasses and stuff coming off, I feel like if if you if you want to kind of, you know, if you have a sense of humor about things, you know what I mean? I assume you might want to rock them shades into the afterlife, you know what I mean? Well, if you're talking about suicides over there, you're adding a lot of uh, mix the negative energy to what's already there each time someone commits suicide. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're amping it up right there. Yeah. So he says, now out of these suicides, two of which he was aware of, uh, one was by a hanging and the other was by self-inflicted gunshot. Um, so that's not so much in the, those must be on the land. Um, you know, in a situation like that, I feel like if you're, you know, the madness of it all, like I think if you're on that, if you're going to do something that wild, you know, you're going to kill yourself off. I honestly believe that you get so, when you're, when you're really close to doing it, that there's really like a crossover of worlds and dimensions almost, like where I almost could see that person in the final moments almost interacting with the spirits or whatever that are there because he's that close to being on that side as well, you know what I mean? Um, if you're talking about that lake, the energy, the ghost town, everything that's happened, the deaths that have happened over there, I could definitely see someone in that state being very susceptible to those energies and getting real, their energy getting sucked into that vortex of uh, that ghost town and that lake. You know, it goes along with like, you know, a lot of people that 
kind of are sensitive or like can kind of see things, uh, you know, that a lot of them kind of come from like near death experiences. And I do think that that plays a big part into things. You know what I mean? Like I, when you really get close to, you know, taking that, that one last step and you're on the other side, I think when you're so close to it, I think that you can't really like you go, it's like going to the depths, you know, it's like going, it's looking in, it's poking your head in the room and then pulling your back out type deal almost, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's got that vibe with it, but very crazy place, very crazy place. You know what I mean? Do what I, I don't know if I'd want to go do that scuba diving uh, course that they got over there. Um, as much as it sounds very interesting, I'd be afraid that I'd bump into something that I, w- I don't want to see. You know what I mean? If body, if people are still missing and bodies are still popping up, who's to say that you go on a scuba diving adventure there that uh, you might not be popping up with a new friend or something? You know what I mean? Well, if you're unless you're very experienced, um, if you're a novice, you've taken a class and they take you down and you you run into something like that, it's a perfect panic situation where you're going to end up being a victim because you probably you don't have the discipline or the experience to follow protocol. You're just going to panic. You could probably just disconnect your own ear holes while you're, while you're screaming and trying to get away. Who knows? Craziness. So... We're thinking we're, we're leaning more towards like a portal situation. Uh, on this, I think Ray, Ray's leaning more towards a portal. Um, it's, or like I get a vibe, like that vibe that I got about those people that didn't. And I got it the whole show because even in the beginning, I, I got that vibe of people not wanting to leave it being their, it being their, their livelihood. You know what I mean? And then being stubborn and, 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 you know, rightfully so. Um, and you know, they probably didn't think it was going to get that bad, and maybe they knew that it wasn't going to get that bad. That was from a time where people really stand their ground on things, you know what I mean? What you have is yours. Don't let anybody take it away from you. Um, Die for what's yours type stuff, you know what I mean? So it's very possible that these folks were like, we're not moving, we're not out of here, and like it's probably, you know, whoever, the people that wanted to bring it in, you know, they're not going to be stopped by a couple families that don't want you there. When 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 ninety percent of the town cleared out, and the other ten percent is refusing to do it, but all that ninety percent's already out of town. So who's looking? You know what I mean? Uh, it's one of those things. I feel. I think it's that, and I think it's kind of haunted by that. But you know, it's. With that being said, you know, like, how then, how would it pick its victims? Would it just kill any, like, just take the energy of anything? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that go into this place that don't go missing, you know what I mean? So, like, there, there's also that element to it. Um, it could almost, if it's a small town, a small area, like you said, maybe they're, uh, maybe if you trace back their, their lineage, Maybe you'd catch that maybe they, they're in the same family or something like that. They got the same bloodline as some of the people that might maybe, you know, were in, involved with making them no longer be a problem. And then before the, then the water comes in, you know, I mean, I, th- I think that that linkage is heavy too. Uh, the bloodline super heavy. Um, 
So yeah, if your great 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 granddaddy had beef and did some bad stuff or whatever, had some bad stuff done to him, I think that that even all the way coming all the way back to where you're at today, I think that still kind of lingers a little bit in there if it's bad enough. You know what I mean? I'm going to throw an extra little thing up there. You take all that energy of that ghost down. Yeah. And like you just said, the people that wouldn't leave all their lives that had been there for so long, the military coming in, the flooding and everything. I mean, there, there's a possibility that the barrier or the veil between this world and another was already very thin there. Mm. And when all this happened, it just kind of opened up, created a, a passageway. Because it was in an area that was already very thin. And these energies are flowing back and forth. The water is kind of amping up that energy. And now, whether it's the spirits, whether it's a, uh, a portal or aliens, it's just a place that is energized now that occasionally does take the victim. It could be somebody who's troubled. It could be somebody that's evil. It could be somebody, like you just said, maybe... Uh, Maybe their granddaddy was one of the people that drove and dragged people out of there and stuff. So that, you know, they're picking their victims. It's uh, some creepy stuff. You know, I wonder if you were to do that, the, to pull out the old ley lines uh, map. I wonder, you know, I wonder if anything, any, any crazy lines going through or making shapes, you know, if for all we know, the thing could, it could, it could be, it could, you know, it could this the the lines crossing over could could have uh, you know formed the symbol of something crazy you know what I mean or something like that and right dead in the center of it whoo you know catch you on the on the on the wrong day it's gonna be a problem for you type deal but whew, yeah this was a good one I like this episode you know what I mean the theme was really cool I like these these real ones when we tap into this I know the audience likes it too this was a uh, this was a slobber knocker as they say in the wrestling wrestling biz but uh, would you want, want to go swimming here anytime soon right no I'd stay in the shore I don't even know if I'd go on the beach you know what I mean I'd stomp my feet on that shore, plant myself well, but I'd go. I'll go with you. If you're going off, I'll feel safer and I'll go with you. So if anybody out there wants to go, you got to go yourselves, unfortunately. But Ray will go with you. You know what I mean? He'll protect you. He'll keep you safe. He'll make sure nothing comes close, close to you. And, uh, I'll watch it on YouTube, you know what I mean? So everything will be cool. So if you enjoyed this episode, by all means, go check out more episodes of the Mostly Ghostly Show. We're approaching uh, like 300 episodes, I think, we're coming up on. Uh, cruising for, a, 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 I don't know, ghoulsin. You know, we're cruising for a ghoulsin over here. And uh, we want you all to be cruising for a ghoulsin with us. And we'll uh, catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.